I want to talk to you briefly this, this evening. Um, I, I had a couple things rolling around in my heart. I just couldn't get, uh, I just couldn't get a, a witness about what, I just couldn't get a, a clear clarity in my spirit about what to do. I just, I had a sermon prepared, but it didn't seem like it was the right sermon, even though it seemed like it was when I prepared it, but it didn't seem in the last couple hours like it fit anymore. And so I was just kind of praying in the spirit and asking the Lord, what, what do you want, Lord? Uh, you can tell me when I get up there or you can tell me before. I'd prefer you tell me before. And about 10 minutes before I, before I came to the camera, it, it dropped in my spirit. Uh, and I know this is what he wants me to talk about. And I heard him say, I want you to go through with the congregation again, the promises that I gave them, that I gave you basically for the congregation um, on April the 18th. No, not April the 18th, sorry. Uh, Wednesday, April the 14th. That was the week that we were doing the prayer and fasting for the youth. And if you remember, Jenny, that Monday night, God spoke to me five things from the book of Joel for the youth. And then on Wednesday night, as I was, both of them were when I was standing at the front of singing during the worship. On both occasions, God did it that way. I don't know why, because I wait on him before the service, but he can talk to me whenever he wants. And on both occasions, on Monday night, while they were singing, uh, the Lord spoke to me and gave me five things for the youth group. And then on Wednesday night, while I was worshiping, he came upon me in his presence and he gave me five things for the congregation. And I heard him earlier today say, I want you to talk about those five promises. Now he specified to the congregation, although I'm going to see how this goes. And if I feel a bearing of witness, I'm going to maybe share about the youth as well. Uh, see how we go there. But he specifically said, and I'll know as I go, I'll know the leading of the spirit as I launch into this. But, but, but sometimes he doesn't tell me the whole thing. He just tells me where to start. And then as I start, he leads me from there. And that's probably what he's going to do this evening. Um, I had an organized message for you this evening, but the Holy Ghost doesn't care about my organization. He wants what he wants. And I know by the inner witness when there's, a, when there's an uneasiness where the puzzle piece is not clicking. And then when that, when that bearing of witness, that knowing comes on the inside of me, I know the difference over all these years. And so I don't want to grieve him by preaching a nice organized sermon if that's not what he wants me to say. And so today I want to share with you, uh, I'm going to start and he's probably going to lead me as I go here, but I'll start with the five promises that he gave to the congregation. And that came on Wednesday, April the 14th. Now the first promise, let's read together, please. Joel chapter two and verse 20. Would you turn there with me? Joel chapter 2 and verse 20. If you would turn there, the book of Joel. I know that's uh, uh, some of you, you need to take a minute. There's Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. So look for the book of Joel. And we're looking in chapter 2 and verse 20. And the Bible says, but I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he has done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. Amen. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, 
and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. Praise God. Now, the first thing I want you to notice here is that he says in verse 20 that he is going to push back the, norm, the northern army. And uh, this represents, now if you study this, there was a locust army. That's why he said their stink will come up because basically uh, locusts, when they die on that mass with tens of millions of them, there's a great stench. But, but, but this is obviously types and shadows and symbolic. But, but he's talking to them about this attack, this army, and it represents, obviously in the natural they were locusts, but in the spiritual, the, the symbolic value here is that the attacks and the pressure of darkness that had been arrayed against the people of God. Now they were Israelites, but in the new covenant were the church. We are the people of God. And it's not necessarily physical animals or locusts or plagues that we're dealing with, but it's darkness of any kind. This represents any kind of attack. Listen, Jenny, I don't know. The Holy Ghost just said, remind them of the five promises. So for whatever reason, you, some of you need to hear this, that whatever form of attack, whatever form of, of, of uh, pressure that the enemy and the forces of darkness have been arraying against your life and the attacks on your life probably would be a little different than the attacks on my life because we're all we're all being attacked in different ways and our focus is not on the attack our focus is on the victory but the reality is God is encouraging us through this scripture and this came by revelation to me uh, just before I preached on that Wednesday evening the 14th of April and it just dropped on me he dropped the whole thing in me in about 10 20 seconds at the most and he showed me these five points and he said you preach that now and so he want me to remind you of that this evening because some of you need some encouragement, I believe. I, need, I believe in my heart some of you need an infusion of strength and encouragement. And I want you to know as your pastor and as a man of God, and you can take, you can trust my word because I know how to hear the Holy Ghost. I miss it. Of course, we all miss it. But when he comes on me that clear and that strong on April 14th, I knew that it was a word of God, a prophetic word of God for our church, an inspired utterance, a spontaneous utterance for our church that night. And it applies tonight as much as it did then. And he wants me to remind you, because I believe some of you need to be reminded of this, that whatever attack, whatever strategy of this northern army, it represents this attack and pressure of darkness that has been arrayed against you in whatever form or fashion, finances, health, marriage, children, work, business, it doesn't matter what area, whatever area, it could be depression, frustration, whatever. There's lots of areas that the enemy is working individually on in our lives to try to pressure us and to try to attack us like an army would attack. And I want you to know that he told me that he would push back that northern army. Whatever that represents for you, it means that he is removing that attack from you. And uh, of course, now we have to use our authority. Uh, we have to use our authority so that he can cause what we say to come to pass with his power. Now, remember, we know the general principle of the word that God's power wants to do it, can do it, is ready to do it, is able to do it. But he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound. In other words, you've got to do your part and then I'm going to do my part. But he doesn't do his part first before we do our part. So he wants to push back that northern army. The Bible is very clear that he wants to push that normal ar northern army, that attack that you're facing back. But you've got to rise up and speak. You've got to use your authority. You've You've got to say, I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've got to get from so comfortable with these eight C's that you say, and by the way, <laughs> Jennifer, I got to say this. By the way, I want to thank all the people because as soon as I should have checked, I guess my, uh, my, I should have checked my phone, uh, I guess, uh, you know, but you know, when I was 
preaching on Sunday, but I got, I got kind of so wrapped up that I didn't think anybody. And then I, I got in, Jenny had a whole bunch of texts and I had a whole bunch of texts and everybody's saying corresponding action. Cause I was saying, I can't remember the last C. What is that? It's not consequential action. What is it? Corresponding action from the book of James. And so I don't know what thrilled me more. I guess it thrilled me uh, that so many of you had memorized it. That even I had didn't, <laughs> couldn't for the, at that exact moment remember the word, but you all, so many of you had memorized it, and that blessed me, I think, more than anything. Praise the Lord. Corresponding action. But you've got to get this so in your spirit. You've got to get this so a part of your DNA. It's got to be so a part of you that you like that because we, we even face stuff this week. We, we just the devil trying to play games, things trying to work against us. And we all go through that. Sometimes they're small things. Sometimes they're medium sized. Sometimes they're large. But it just got to come out of you. Father, I claim your word promises me this and I claim this in Jesus name. I reach out and I watch. Pay attention to some of the phraseology. You don't have to say it this way, but it will help you because there's revelation. Revelation and what I'm, is what I'm saying. I'll tell you what I pray. You pray whatever you want, but I'm telling you what I pray. I say, Father, I claim that in the name of Jesus, and I reach out the hand of faith, and I lay hold of it. It's mine. I take it now. And that's what Dad Hagen would always say. It's mine. I take it now. But a little while ago, the Lord spoke a phrase to me, reach out the hand of faith and lay hold of it. In fact, I preached a sermon last year during the, during the pandemic about laying hold, not just, not just kind of letting it go, but laying hold of faith and what you're believing for. And so I say, Lord, I claim this thing. It's got to be in line with the word, but I claim it and I reach out the hand of faith and lay hold of it. It's mine. I take it now. I believe I receive it. I receive it by faith. Can't see it. Can't feel it, but I've got it in Jesus' name. It's mine in Jesus' name. Now, devil, take your hands off it in Jesus' name. This is where you've got to rebuke and bind so that God's power can back you up. He said, I'll push the northern army back, but you've got to do your part because that's old covenant. And in the old covenant, they didn't have authority to bind. That's why he rebuked the devourer for them. But in the new covenant, we rebuke the devourer and his power backs us up. So he's saying, I'm going to remove attacks from you, but we can't, can't do it, Jenny, apart from us. We have got to speak so that his power can now push that northern army back. So say, devil, take your hands off that. Stop your cease and desist in your maneuvers against me in this area. Angels, I, I charge you, go and cause it to come. Father, I praise you and I rejoice that it's mine. I say I have it now. I call those things that be not yet as though they already were right now. I thank you that I got it. I will not look and consider the natural. I won't consider my body. I won't look at how impossible, but no, I keep my eyes on you. You promised and you're going to make it good. And any, any kind of fear, any kind of worry, any kind of care, concern, taking the thought, I flick it, quick fling. Remember I said on Sunday, a toss and a quick fling. I toss it over unto you. It's yours, Lord. I won't touch it in my thought life. It's yours. Praise God. And now Holy Ghost, is there anything I can do in corresponding action? I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not just going to cast the care as an act of laziness. What can I do? Is there any action I need to do regarding this? And if there is, he'll tell you. And if there isn't, then you just keep confessing. But this has to come out of people. They can't be looking for their notes on the HCs, Jenny. This has to come out of you about how you're going to claim and bind that devil because unless you bind him, the power of God can't work with you. So number one, he's going to, he, the, the attack of the enemy is going to be pushed back. Can I say something else, Jenny? I wasn't planning on it, but this is, this is called being led by the Spirit, called preaching by the gift of prophecy. Uh, when I was at a camp meeting, uh, I want to just uh, read this very briefly uh, to you. When I was at camp meeting, uh, uh, Pastor Cody on Monday, 
Tuesday morning was preaching, and at the very end of his message, he looked to me, pointed to me. He had given a couple words of knowledge to people, and he said, do not be concerned about the loss of momentum recently, because it will be restored and like it was before. Now, at first, I kind of bucked at that, because I said, well, Lord, in the spirit, there's been tremendous momentum. That hasn't suffered in any way, shape, or form. Uh, because the vision has gone strong and there's been a strong anointing and a strong momentum of the Spirit as I've shared that vision. But uh, the Lord prompted me and He said, I'm not talking about the spiritual momentum. That's fine. That is going strong. He said, I was referring through Pastor Cody, speaking to you through him, that the natural momentum that has waned, obviously because we're not meeting. And then, of course, there's some folk that have decided that they don't want to come, that they, they love us and they're watching and they want to keep giving, but they just don't want to come. And that affects our momentum when they don't show up. And so God warned on, 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 on uh, April 28th, I remember because it was my son's 16th birthday, on that Wednesday night, God warned when I preached about Nehemiah, when the trumpet sounds, you come. And if you don't, you're, 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 you're going to open a door uh, because there's, there's a danger when you don't gather. Uh, that's Old and New Testament. Hebrews 10, 25 was the sister birth to that. So, but then again, of course, uh, just recently, Jenny, it was last, wasn't it last Wednesday, a week ago today? What was that? June the, June the 16th, I think it was. Uh, June the 16th, last Wednesday, is a strong anointing. The entire message was about uh, being around, showing honor, and being around the one that has a grace for your life. And the whole message, un, 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 unbeknownst to me, I mean, that, that just flowed out of me and I couldn't stop. And that was the Holy Ghost warning people. So God knows that the momentum spiritually is, is okay, is fine. But the momentum naturally with people not coming and the people getting a bit lazy and getting too comfortable on their couches in their, in, in, in their pajamas and, and God wants them to make the effort to come, that's the momentum that he was speaking through Pastor Cody. But I appreciate the encouragement of the Holy Ghost because he said to me, uh, he said to me through him, do not be concerned about the loss of momentum recently because it will be restored and be like it was before. So we are going to have at the right, we're going to have uh, at 15%, sanctuary be full. At 30%, the sanctuary will be full. At 50%, the sanctuary will be full. At 100%, the sanctuary will be full, just like it was before, turning people away because we have no more seats. It'll surely come to pass. Then on another day, uh, I don't remember, I didn't write down when exactly that was. I think it was Wednesday morning, but I can't remember. But uh, I was sitting beside Pastor Ike and, uh, you know, from Nigeria. And uh, at, when the service was over, he looked at me and he said, uh, I need to tell you something by the Spirit. And I said, yes, sir. And he's a very, um, he's a very godly man and, and, and he, he's very accurate. Pastor Ike is very accurate. Uh, and, uh, and, and he said to me, he said, uh, he said, I was praying for you this morning and he he said, God told me to tell you something. I said, brother, bring it on, brother, because I trust you. Bring it on and tell me. And he said this to me privately, not, not in front of anybody, just privately at my seat. He said, I saw a picture of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And the prophets of Baal are carrying on and shouting and weeping and crying and cutting themselves and the whole hoopla. And he said, but I heard, I saw that and I, the Lord revealed to me, he said, that's what Canada's like. He said, there's all these, this, 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 these people that, are, that have agendas that are not according to the Word of God and that are riddled with fear and conspiracies and this and that and all the other stuff. And he said, this whole season that you're in with this COVID, he said, he said it's just like all this hubbub is going on and it's, a, and it's ungodly and God is not pleased with it. He's not. He said, but, I, but he said, God told me to tell you something. I said, yes, sir. He said, I need to tell you. God wants me to tell you that Elijah was not bothered and did not rush nope. 
He let them have as long as they wanted to do their little freak out session because he knew when I get up there, the power's coming. And he was not concerned and he was not biting his fingernails and he was not saying, oh me, oh my, what are the, all these prophets and all their noise? Oh, he let them do their thing and take their time. And when he got up, the power of God showed up. And he said to me, he said, he said, just like, I'm quote reading now, God showed him just like the prophets of Baal had their time and Elijah gave them their time. So is this season of upheaval in Canada. He said, like the devil is having his time. He said, but Elijah also had his time and the power of God moved. And he said to me by the spirit, he said, the Lord says to you, your time is coming quickly. So do not be concerned. I'm telling you, it was a strong anointing when he said it. I sat right down and I wrote out what he said so I wouldn't forget it. Uh, it's uh, the power of God is coming. Your time is coming quickly, so don't be concerned. And he means back to normalcy, back to full 100%, back to full operational, everything normal, without mass, without this, without social distancing. I don't know when, but he said it's coming. It's coming quickly, praise God. And so there were two words there about our season right now in lockdown, quarantine, all this kind of stuff that we're doing with the, with the restrictions and everything in the, in the sanctuary. Two words from the Holy Ghost to encourage me, to encourage you. Praise God. Firstly, that uh, the momentum would be restored as before. And secondly, that uh, uh, e- even though the season of upheaval is like the devil's having his time, but uh, Elijah gave them their time and was not concerned because he knew that his time was coming. And then the power of God moved. He said, your time is coming quickly, so don't be concerned. So I just want you to, I want you to know that I am totally unmoved, unshaken in every, in any way, shape or form by this season. I am not concerned whatsoever, no, what, not one bit of concern whatsoever that I'm standing in my living room preaching to you from, uh, that you're watching on the screen, or that some of you, most of you are watching from home, and that some of you get to watch in person. That doesn't bother, I'd like, I'd rather it not be that way, but I'm not perturbed, I am not disturbed, like I preach Sunday, I have no uneasiness of mind, not even for fear of evil or for a desire for good. I've got no uneasiness of mind. I desire to be in person. I desire you to be in person. That's a desire for good, but I will not have uneasiness of mind. I will not fret, be anxious or worried, have anxiety or take the thought. I will not sin the sin of worry in Jesus name. And if you didn't hear Sunday, you better watch it because it, 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 it'll help you. Praise God. So I am completely at peace because I know that, that God has the right time. It's going to all come to pass. The time's coming quickly. Praise God. We don't worry what the devil does in his little freak out session. What we are focused on is the power of God working with us and we will be justified. Hallelujah. So I wasn't planning on saying that, but I felt the Holy Ghost wanted me to encourage you with those two words. Amen. A little bit of maybe a, a mixture, like a, like a hodgepodge sermon a little bit maybe today. I don't know. Praise God. So the number one thing he said is I'm pushing back that northern army. Now in, cha- in verse 21, this is the same scripture and the same word he gave me back last year. One of the first things he gave me uh, when, this, when this quarantine started, Jeremiah 17, that verse. But this, the other main one was this one. I believe it was in June or something, maybe May. I can't remember. But last year he gave me this. He gave me one phrase and it came from Joel 2:21. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. And so I want us to start. And I've been saying this over and over and over again. Praise God that we are to say the Lord is doing great things for us. 
praise God. And he said, I'm going to do great things for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to do great things for you. Now, notice, notice that he says here, fear not, O land. Then he says, the Lord will do great things. And he goes on in verse 22 on the same fear theme. Be not afraid, the beasts, the animals, the trees, the figs, all that stuff. Then he says, be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately and the latter rain. So I want you to put uh, as, as, as number three here an emphasis that he, notice here it says, don't you be afraid or the beasts of the field, the pastures, uh, the tree, the fig, the vine, meaning you or anything you own, don't be afraid. Amen. Now he, spe- he pulled that out. Yeah. He specified that as its own point. Number one, I'm, I, this attack is being pushed back. Bind the devil and he will obey you. My power will work with you. Number two, start to say, the Lord is doing great things for me. Not will do, is doing present tense great things for me. And say it every day and say it frequently. Because the more you say it, the more you release your faith, the more God can do great things for you because you asked him to, because you confessed it, because you called those things and be not as though they are. So say it. Number three, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything on your person or anything that you own. That would include your business, your job, your finances, your marriage, your children. That means not being afraid of a vaccine. That means not being afraid of catching COVID. That means not being afraid of cancer. That means not being afraid of being close to people. That means not being afraid of anything. There's nothing wrong with wearing a mask, but don't do it afraid. Praise God. If you're taking the vaccine because you're afraid, you shouldn't take it. Whatever you do, don't do it in fear. Do it in faith or it's sin, the Bible says. So we've got to fight against fear. And I'm reminding and encouraging you to fight against fear in Jesus' name. He is breaking the power of the devil in my life. The northern army is being pushed back. He is doing great things. I am not afraid. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And then the next part here is this phrase. I've given you the former rain moderately and will cause down to come for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in his season. Praise God. I've given you the former rain moderately. And remember, I said to you that this is a very interesting word and it comes from the word, the root word where we get the word righteousness. Uh, that, that, same, that same Hebrew word where you get righteousness, that's the root word of this word moderately. I used to think it, I was, always taught and and maybe erroneously just thought that you know moderately means a little bit and he's gave a little bit and then in the the end latter rain he'll give a lot and I would even hear preachers say in the Old Testament it was a little bit but in in this last big great move of God it's going to be a deluge and and there's truth to that I'm not saying that there's not truth to that but that's not really what this is talking about it's not an accurate uh, understanding of the original language what this really means this word moderately where you get the word righteousness from What it means is the Lord gave you the former rain rightly. He gave it to you in righteousness. In other words, he did what he said he would do. In other words, he kept his word. What God is saying here is I kept my word in the first rain. And if I kept my word in the first rain, you can surely trust that I'm going to keep my word in the next rain. So really, number four is what we're saying here is I've done what I've promised and I'm about to do more. God is saying I was justified. I was righteous. I was right. I promised you something and I did right by my word. I kept my word. But what I kept my word in the former reign, I'm going to give you latter reign even greater. 
So what God is saying, this, this principle that we're extracting as number four is God has done what he's promised, so let's show gratefulness and let's release our faith that he's going to do more. Now this lines up with the second phrase that I said, God is doing great things for me. Great things aren't small things, they're great things. But now God is specializing a little bit more in the fourth section is the great things I'm doing, by the way, is more than what I've done before. I kept my word, but I'm going to do more. Glory to God, I'm telling you. Man, I'm excited to hear it myself. It's good to hear it again. And then, of course, number five is verse 24. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine. And that way the Lord said it to me, full of wheat, overflowing. Fullness and overflowing means it means excess, means a lot. It means your container can't hold all of it. It's got to spill out. My cup runneth over, Psalm 23 says. And the way the Lord said this to me, because I was saying, Lord, you're giving us more than enough. It's overflowing. The vats are full. Everything is overflowing. The cup is running over. And he, the way he said it to me was, and tell them, I'm going to bless you big time. That's how he phrased it. That's just the way he phrased it to me. Tell them, I'm going to bless you big time. Now, if you look at the phrase in verse 24, that it's full of wheat and that it's the vats are overflowing that's big time the cup running over is not just full it's running over that's big time that ain't small time baby that's big time praise God so what's the first thing we're going to say we're going to say that I bind the devil and whatever he's trying to do against me and my family my health I break your power and the power of God will back you up he's pushing the northern army back what's number two God is doing great things what's number three I am not afraid not for me my business anything I own my family my body nothing my property I'm not afraid because God, number four, has done exactly what he said, and I'm so grateful, Father. I appreciate what you've done, and I say you're about to do more because you're about to do great things for me. Amen. And Lord, you said you're going to bless me big time. I'm going to have overflowing, not just barely enough, not even full. I'm going to have overflowing in my life. Now, the more you say it, the more the power of God can do it. Amen. If you don't say it, the power of God can't work with you because he works with your words. The more you say it, the more you're sowing seed with your words, the more God's power can manifest it for you. But when you say it, start to believe. You may not believe the first time you say it, but as you say it, start hooking your heart, Dad Hagen said, up with your mouth. Start getting to the place where you believe what you're saying. And the more you're in the Word and meditating on the Word and get revelation of this, faith comes because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the revelation of the Word, Romans 10, 17. So say it in faith. Don't just say it like a mantra, like a, like a rosary. Say it in faith and say, Lord, Lord, I bind the devil. I thank you. You're doing great things. I'm not afraid for anything in my person or anything I own or anything for my family. I refuse to fear. Lord, you did exactly what you promised. Thank you, sir. And you're about to do more. In fact, you're about to bless me big time. Now start saying it. I just said those five things in about 10 seconds. But you've got to start saying it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know, Jenny, I just felt the Lord wanted to tell people that again. He needs you to hear it again. He's not one time is not, is not enough. Remember Philippians 3, God said it's not irksome. Paul said, God said through Paul, it's not irksome. It's not troublesome for me to say it again to you. For it is a precaution for your safety that I repeat this message again to you. And so I claim the words of the Apostle Paul in telling you, it's not troublesome for me to preach this again. If God said to preach it again, which he did, I'll preach it again. If he tells me to preach it 
it 20 times. I hope he doesn't. But if he does, I'll preach it 20 times. Because he's the boss, I'm not. But it's not irksome. It's a precaution for your safety, for things to be repeated. I'm telling you, you got to get it inside of you. Devil, I break your power. I am not afraid in Jesus' name. The Lord is doing great things for me. He's done exactly what he's promised. And he's about to do more. In fact, he's about to bless me big time. In Jesus' name. It takes 10 seconds. Say it in faith and watch what God does for you. Hallelujah. And now that time I, in, I inverted. I think that was the original order. Today I, I changed the order a bit. I had said he's doing great things for us as the second thing. But I think in my original notes I had put that he's doing great things for us as the third thing. Because the great things for us and he's done what he's promised and he's about to do more and he's about to bless us big time. All those three things kind of flow together. And, and, and technically the way the scripture is written, uh, verse, 20, uh, verse 20, it talks about that. And then at the beginning of verse 21 it says, fear not. Then it says he's doing great things. So if you take it in the, in the order that it's written, uh, really fear, dealing with fear. Then, of course, verse 22 and 23 is about fear. But then dealing with fear would really be the second thing. So let's deal with the devil and fear on one side of the coin. That's two out of the five. And then let's deal with the blessing on the other side of the coin. That's three out of the five. I break the power of the devil. God is pushing it back. I am not afraid, devil. And you better raise your voice and let him know that you're not afraid. Say that and believe it. And then flip the coin and start talking about the blessing. He said he's doing great things for me. He said he's done exactly what he said and I'm grateful for it. He's about to do more. In fact, he's about to bless me big time. And start to say it. Those are five divine promises that the Holy Ghost gave me for our congregation. And I want you to believe them. And I want you to speak them in Jesus' mighty name. And they will come to pass for you. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Glory to God. Well, it's 846. I feel a prompting, Jennifer, to to just share the five things for the youth. I wasn't 100% sure if I should do it that way. But I feel that I need to say this. And so uh, I want uh, Yes, yes, I see those parents, specifically those mothers that have had great concern for their teenagers, great concern for their young people, great concern for their children, that not everything seems to be operating the way it should. They don't seem to be making all the right decisions. They don't seem to be all doing what they should be doing. But I hear the Holy Ghost say to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. If you are afraid, you open the door to the devil to continue wreaking havoc in their lives. Do not be afraid. But what I want you to do is put my word in your mouth. I want you to speak over them. I want you to call those things that be not as though they are. Call them what you want them to be. Don't call them what they are. I hear the Holy Ghost saying, parents, put your word in my mouth and do not be afraid for my work and your young person is not done. My work in this youth group is not done. My work and the young people of this generation is not done for surely I am raising up a young generation and oh how the devil is warring against this generation and oh how the politicians are trying to pass laws to hinder my work in this generation and to have them confused with their sexuality. Oh how the enemy has targeted this young generation 
generation like even Hitler targeted his young generation but these are my young people says the Lord and I will have the last laugh and I will have the last word and I am raising up young people full of might full of power full of purity full of the glory of God full of the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I will raise me up an army and they will be young and they will be strong and they will be the translucent ones and I will shoot them from my holy bow and they will make fires of the spirit where they land and it will surely come to pass says the Lord tell the parents not to be afraid fear opens a door don't be afraid put my word in your mouth and speak over them what you would have them be not what they are for they will be raised up as a mighty army a mighty army in these great days and gifts of the spirit and gifts of the Holy Ghost will come upon them and others will marvel and the halls and the schools will shake and the principals will shake and the teachers will shake and those on the board will shake as they behold even a small remnant that flow in my spirit unashamed and unafraid to be bold to be bold with righteousness and bold with the anointing and the glory even so it shall surely come to pass says the Lord hallelujah my God my God my God Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Parents, if you're there watching and if your children are present like my wife is right now with my two teenage sons, just put your hands on them. Father, as I lay hands upon them, I thank you that the anointing of God goes into those parents right now and flows out of their hands into those young people. Lord, we consecrate them to the holy work of God and to the glory of God in their generation. Now parents, bless them like Jesus put his hands upon the children in Mark 10 and bless them. Father, we bless those, those teenagers. We bless them. We bless those young ones, those primary school ones, those, those college age. If they're your child and they're around you tonight, you lay your hands on them and just say, I pronounce a blessing over you in Jesus' name. From my, from my, parental, my parental authority, I pronounce a blessing over you. Well, glory to God. My God, Jenny, just like that anointing for that part, for that prophecy, just lift it off me, just like that. Oh, I thank you, Father. It was strong there for a second. Hallelujah. Well, I had no idea that was coming, but thank God for the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name, praise God. Let me read to you. Uh, come, come and sit. Let me read to you. My, my wife is standing with our children. Let me read to you chapter 2, verse 25. I'm only going to be about 10 at the most 15 more minutes, and then we'll call it a night. Hallelujah. But young people, you need to hear this, and parents, you need to hear this. Hallelujah. Uh, Joel chapter 2. Remember, we did 20 to 24 was for the congregation. Where God started for me, this was now on, on, uh, this was on April, the, uh, April the 12th. Monday, April the 12th, the first day of the youth fast is when he said this to me at the beginning of the service. And it says, And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Praise God. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, that he hath dealt wondrously with you. 
and my people shall never be ashamed. Did you see that? Let me read verse 26 again. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That's what he just said by the prophecy, honey. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out of my spirit. Praise God. Now these five things that he said for the youth. Number one, and parents, you better pay attention. And young people, if you're listening, you better pay attention. Because this is for you. Open up your heart. I only got ten minutes or less, but you open up your heart. The Lord will restore what the enemy has stolen from the children. He says here that I will restore the years the locust has eaten, the cankerworm, caterpillar, palmworm, the great army. I will restore it. So whatever your kids have lost, whatever health, whatever friends, whatever, whatever this season has done to devastate them, to hurt them, uh, this isolation is not healthy. Uh, in fact, when we had the youth group on Friday, one of the young, or not the youth group, the kids thing before, one of the, one of the kids was so, un, uh, unfam so not used to being with people, they had a breakdown and started weeping and crying. The leaders had to help and comfort them because they just don't even almost know anymore how to handle larger groups because they're so used to isolation. Well, that's not healthy. That's not good. It's, it, God didn't make us to be isolated, even though the government's forcing us to be. But I tell you, whatever the devil has tried to steal, tried to rob in their health, in their mind, in their emotions, with their school, with their, with their emotional uh, strength in terms of socialization, any area whatsoever that he has tried to rob, I'm telling you the word of the Lord came and I'm reminding you of it tonight that he will restore what the enemy has stolen. Amen. So Jenny, I'm going to claim that because I can see some, some ground loss with our sons and he is going to restore. Now he's already started the restoring process for us, uh, but he's going to complete that restoring process. We're not going to suffer any loss. I won't put up with it. I won't put up with suffering any loss with my children just because some devil decided to invade our country called COVID. Right. We're not going to have any loss with our children, not emotionally, not financially, not sexually, not academically, no. not any way in Jesus' name, and most importantly, not spiritually. Amen. We will not suffer. God will restore. So I want you to claim that, parents. Now, the word that he phrased here with me that is, 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 is in this next verse, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you, wondrously with you. And I heard the Lord say uh, that he will deal wondrously with your children. He will deal wondrously with them. Praise God. And they will be satisfied. Did you see that, Jenny? It says here that they'll be satisfied with plenty. That means plenty of friends, plenty of help, plenty of mental strength, physical strength, emotional strength, energy, whatever they need. Now, he said he's going to deal wondrously with them and they're going to be taken care of. Wondrously is where we get the word wonder, signs and wonders. That means God's going to do supernatural, miraculous things. If he says, I'm going to deal wondrously, it doesn't just mean I'm going to, I'm going to be nice to you. It means he will do supernatural things in our children's lives. He will deal supernaturally with our children. And as a result, they'll be plentiful, plentifully, plentifully, plentilessly supplied. Is that the word I'm looking for? Plent, what? 
plenteously supplied. Praise God. I'm like Dr. Dufresne. He couldn't get the words right sometimes when he was under the anointing. So what's number one? He said he will restore. What's number two? That he will deal wondrously, that he will do miraculous things, and that they will be plenteously, I did good, supplied. Praise God, because it says they'll be filled with plenty. Now, what's the third thing? This is very powerful, Jenny, and it says it twice, at the end of 26 and at the end of 27, and they, they will not be ashamed. They will not be ashamed, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. That means I'm in the midst of your family. That means I'm in the midst of your kids. And I am the Lord your God, none else, and my people, you will not be ashamed. Remember, you preached a sermon when I was on the fast, or was it before the fast? I can't remember. But you preached a sermon, Jenny, where you said, we will not be disappointed. We will not be ashamed. Praise God. And so God is telling us here, when it comes to parents, what you're standing for and believing for, for your children, for your teenagers, for your young ones, for your old ones, he's giving us a promise here two times. It's listed in 26 and 27. He's saying, don't quit. Don't worry what it looks like. I will not let you be disappointed or ashamed when it comes to your children. Why? Because I'm in the midst of your children. Parents, I'm giving some new stuff that I never shared when I preached this the last time because I'm getting more revelation this time. I never said before about the plenteousness. But I heard the Holy Ghost as I was reading that saying, when I deal supernaturally, I cause, plent I cause them to have plenty. And then I never said this before either. I just said, I just said here as, as the third thing that we are not going to be ashamed or disappointed. But I heard the Holy Ghost as I was saying this, saying, tell them, not only well, will you not be ashamed, but verse 27 says, I'm in the midst of you. So I'm going to start saying the Lord is in the midst of Quinn. The Lord is in the midst of Cole. The Lord is in the midst of Caleb. And the Lord is in the midst of Luke. I'll leave Oliver out because God don't want to be in the midst of him. Praise God. The Lord is in the midst of my children. Praise God. So what's number one? He will restore. Don't you worry about it. Don't open the door with fear or with your words. Praise God. Number two, he is going to do miraculous things and wondrous things for them and make sure that they are plentifully supplied. Yes, number three, he is going to make sure that you are never disappointed or ashamed for what you're standing for because he's in the midst of them and he will not leave them. Praise God. Hallelujah. And number four, the Lord said, I will pour out of my spirit. Now we see this here in verse 28. I will I'll come to pass after that. I pour my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will see dreams and your young men shall see visions. It's a promise. God is pouring out his spirit upon my children and they will see the miraculous because dreams, dreams are supernatural, but visions are actually one of the gifts of the spirit. It's a discerning of spirits, seeing into the realm of spirits. So you can claim, God, you will do supernatural things. And even the gifts of the spirit, as you will, will operate in my children because you are pouring out your spirit upon my children. Oh, my God, Jenny, I'm telling you, I feel that anointing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then the last one, of course, is number five. It says, and also upon the servants and the handmaidens in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Now, in my original notes, I simply said, I, I said this about the, I put number five ahead. I should have paused a little bit. But what I'd said in my original notes, because he specified, he separated these things, that one, God will pour out his spirit upon your children and they will prophesy. That's what God was emphasizing in number four and number five, which I didn't explain very well right now. So let me explain that. He had said to me, it's in the same verse, but he, he pulled it apart. He said, make them two separate, indis, two separate distinct numbers because I'm pouring out my spirit but I'm going to have them prophesy or say some things, and then I'm going to have them see visions or see some things. 
and the supernatural will work in their life. So we need to start saying, Father, you're pouring your spirit out and my young people are going to say some things. They're going to prophesy and, and say things under the spirit and they're also going to clean up their language and say things when they're not under the spirit. Praise God, because God wants a clean mouthpiece. And my children are going to have the Holy Ghost on them and they're going to see visions. They're going to have the supernatural workings of God and the gifts of the Spirit operating in their lives. They're going to have the supernatural in their lives because the Spirit is outpoured upon them. And that's how my original notes were. Praise God. Can I, can I say it one more time to you so that you can remember and you can get it down on the inside? Number one, the Lord will restore what the enemy has tried to steal. Number two, he is going to do wondrously for your children to make sure that they're plentiful and have all the supply. That he is going to do miraculous things for them. Number three, praise God. We are not going to be disappointed or ashamed no matter what because he's in the midst of our children. Number four, the Spirit of God is coming on our children for them to speak, and the Spirit of God is coming on them, number five, to see. And they're going to have the Spirit of seeing and knowing. They're going to say some things, and they're going to see some things by the Spirit in this age. Now, parents, it is so important that our young people speak things that the Holy Ghost shows them and, re and reveals to them, and that the Holy Ghost causes them to see things. It is so important that our young people, I don't just mean visions in the terms of an actual vision or a dream. I mean, it's important that our young people can see what God is doing in this generation, can see the filth of this generation, can see what things are for what they are, can call a spade a spade, black, black, white, white, instead of everything being mixed in gray and confused. It's important that they see by the Spirit that doesn't just mean a, an actual vision. It also means beyond that, just that they would see in life what they need to see, see in the word what they need to see. And of course, see the supernatural and see visions as well. So let's start to say, Lord, you're restoring it. You are doing wondrous miracles for my kids and they are plentifully supplied. Father, I thank you. I will never be disappointed for you're in the midst of them. You're coming upon them in Jesus' name and they're saying some things and you're coming upon them and they're seeing some things and it will surely come to pass in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now you see, I just said that in about 10 seconds. You got to get this so on the inside of you. You've got to get it, and I understand it, 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 there's notes here, and, and I, I get that sometimes it takes some time to write it out and to memorize it and to do this, but you've got to get this on the inside of you. He's restoring. He's doing wonderful, wondrous, supernatural things because then providing for them plenteous in all that they need. I'm not ashamed because he's in the midst. He's coming on them to say some things through them and to cause them to see things in Jesus' name. And Lord, for them and for the rest of us, the power of God is pushing back that attack because I bind it and I won't. I am not afraid of anything in Jesus' mighty name. I reject fear. He's about to do great things and he's doing great things. He's done what he's promised. Thank you, sir. He's about to do more. In fact, he's about to bless me big time. Now you start saying those five things over your youth specifically and you start saying those other five things over your youth and yourself and your life and your household and your checkbook and your business, and your job, and everything I'm telling you will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Glory, Glory to God. Jesus. Glory to Glory God. To In Jesus' name. I did not know, and I did not see that coming, honey, about that prophecy or about laying hands on the kids. I didn't see, I didn't have any unction about that before it happened, but it just kind of, it just kind of dropped on the inside of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Huh. Hmm. Look at that. Huh. I don't know if I should say, if she wants me to say her name or not, but hmm, I just realized one of the parents in our, in our, in our 
church that has some children in the teenage years texted me and said, I, uh, God told me to make sure my children are watching the service on Wednesday night, this was yesterday, that there's an impartation for my children. And I said, and I actually got back and I said, well, you know, I'm not in the church building, right? And you know, I'm at my home and I don't know if there's impartation or not because I'm planning, I didn't tell him what I was preaching, but it was not anything about this. Uh, the sermon was nothing about this at all. And then, and then I look at that. I guess they were picking it up in the spirit without even me knowing because I only got this 10 minutes before I came out and I didn't even know I was going to talk about the youth until I, until I started and then that prophecy came and then the parents laid hands on their youth. So I trusted that mother laid hands on, 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 her, on her children in Jesus' name and that there was the impartation that God promised you, dear. In Jesus' name, I believe you picked it up. You're sensitive. God, that's good. Praise God. We should all be like that. Amen. You were sensitive to pick that up. See, I'm not going to make things. I'm not going to try to make a sermon in line with what people want or what people tell me they think they heard God say. I have to be led by the Spirit. But I love it when it happens and I don't even really realize that it, that's what God had said to them because I'm not planning it around them. I'm just flowing with the Spirit. But after the fact, I realize, oh, wow, look at, look at the mastery of God and how things blend. He orchestrates things. Hallelujah. Without us trying to do it in the flesh, he orchestrates it. Praise God.